0: This is Jake Brown, and I'm the credit manager for Egg Services. We are pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Egg Services, providing solutions for your success.
1: Monday Farm News. On the Red River Farm Network, I'm Randy Conan, along with Sierra Doctor and Whitney Pittman. Central and Eastern Midwest will see regular rounds of moisture through next week, with the Northwestern Corn Belt missing out. Heavy snow expected tomorrow and Wednesday from Kansas to northwestern Ohio. Northern Plains and upper Midwest will experience light snow and a little rain from Thursday night into the weekend.
2: Regular rains are expected to continue over the next two weeks, keeping crop conditions favorable for much of Brazil and Paraguay. World Weather Incorporated says rains will be too frequent in Mato Grosso to allow for aggressive harvest progress and planting of second crop corn. Rainfall will continue in Argentina, with t- Tuesday through Sunday being the wettest. Rainfall totals from 1 to 5 inches are expected in many areas.
3: Lowen & Associates President Pete Lowen says traders are taking risk off the table on better-than-expected rains in Brazil and Argentina.
4: And we've got a bean market that's paying for it today. Of course, if you look at uh, the gap lower in the overnight and the fact that we came down against uh actually fairly decent trending support when we pushed through that in the day session after we started the the normal trade um probably got some spec action jumping on the sell side of that uh, trade as well so uh, not just on the fundamental side of things but a lot of technical selling at the moment uh because of that as well
3: lowen says the livestock market is trying to find its footing
4: tough situation when you know a couple weeks ago we went through the frigid tents lots of snow up north um, did not see higher cash as a as a reaction to that and then we got another good dump of snow um, been a lot of pounds lost a lot of inefficient gain from the standpoint of cattle that are eating more through that kind of weather uh, you'd like to see higher cash and we haven't got it
1: Managed money has been long the corn and soybean markets. Heartland Commodities Market Analyst Jason Winter says fund managers are liquidating those positions. The
4: funds have been extremely long uh, soybeans and soybean meal, and uh, those two were kind of the ones that that started getting sold pretty hard last week. Uh, they're still long a bunch of corn, but uh, they're they're actually short the the, the wheat markets.
2: Missouri University Food and Ag Policy Research Institute Policy Analysis Program Leader Jarrett Whiston spoke at the South Dakota Corn Growers' annual meeting, providing an outlook on the ethanol market for the next five and ten years. After a spike in price, Whiston says he expects the market to level out.
5: As far as ethanol prices go, um, you know, obviously this last year they were, they were you know, higher than they have been in recent years. Um, and so what we're projecting kind of going forward is is maybe a little bit of, of uh, you know, a Moderation in prices uh in this next year before prices kind of level off at around a dollar eighty to a dollar ninety uh, in looking at the the five year period.
2: Following the pandemic, fuel for motor vehicles rebounded some but has not returned to previous levels according to Wistons.
5: For higher blend use, um, we're we're expecting to see a little bit more growth in E15. Uh, Right now, there's not really an RVP waiver in place for E15, Uh, but there are some states talking about trying to do a state level waivers to increase E15 use in their states, Uh, and there may be potentially a a federal one at some point, Um, it just kind of remains to be seen. Um, but we expect that because of some of those policies and just in general where prices are at the moment, uh, we expect to see a little bit of increase in, in E15 uh, relative to E10. But E85 use uh, has generally, you know, historically, has been pretty flat and we kind of expect that trend to continue. NDSU dry bean breeder
3: Juan or Osorno released two new varieties of dry beans last week. ND Red Barn, a dark red kidney bean, and ND Rodeo, a slow darkening pinto. The new varieties will be available to growers in 2024.
6: So what we have right now, it's what we call foundation seed. So foundation seed is given to certified seed growers. So this season, this coming season in 2023, uh, there will be production of certified seed so for the 2024 season any grower wanting to grow these varieties in their fields they will have access to seed for sure.
3: Osorno released ND polar a navy bean variety at last year's bean day. Osorno says after its first year in production ND polar is performing better than expected.
6: I'm uh, getting really good feedback. What I saw in, in my trials and other places trials is still pretty positive. Uh we're showing data today for example that uh, shows that ND Polar was the year the the yield of ND Polar was eight percent higher than the average yield of the trials that it was tested in. So it's an eight percent improvement in yield which is really good.
1: NDSU Extension plant pathologist Michael Wunsch says, the la- uh, says last year irrigated fields had the most problems with white mold.
7: You know it started to really dry out by midsummer um, in my geography and so a lot of the dry land producers up uh, you know in the Pheasant and New Rockford area and out by Devil's Lake didn't seem to have quite, quite the number of problems um, but the irrigated producers it was a bad year for them because we had such wild temperature swings and so even in the middle of the summer we have these days in the 70s and those are temperatures that are really high risk for white mold especially if you're irrigating
1: and when it comes to managing white mold droplet size is key
7: one of the things that we have learned that has been very, very informative on both soybeans and dry beans is that the droplet size that you utilize to spray your fungicide really matters. Fine droplets, uh, which are typically used for fungicides, they give you tremendously excellent fungicide coverage on the top of the canopy. And they work really well for targeting the interior of the canopy if your rows are still wide open. But the problem is, is that when your canopy is at or near closure, the fine droplets don't have the velocity to get inside so you get this tremendous deposition of the fungicide on the top of the canopy which for white mold doesn't help you much.
2: USDA is making 73 million dollars in specialty crop block grants funds available. Each state will be able to fund projects to support the marketing education and research around specialty crops. Grant applications will be accepted through May 1st. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Monday Farm News on the
3: Red River Farm Network. NDSU Extension Weed Specialist Joe Eikley spoke at North Harvest Bean Day, where he highlighted dry bean weed research.
0: I really summarized the last two years of research from some North Harvest funded uh, grants. And so those were basically all around using our registered chemicals in dry bean to control water hemp. And because we had a site, we also looked at Palmer amaranth as well. Uh, so basically it was three, three separate trials that we presented the data on. So one where we looked at 16 different treatments for either pre-plant incorporated or pre-emergence herbicides and, and how well those works control, again, either water hemp or Palmer amaranth. We then had a post-emergence trial, uh, again, looking the same. So what we had registered and driving, uh, how will those work on water hemp and then again in Palmer amaranth.
3: Eichle says research shows preplant treatments help control weeds like waterhemp, palmer amaranth and kochia better in dry beans.
0: Generally, as a trend, the pre-plant incorporated treatments worked better than the pre-emergence herbicide treatments. And so that was consistent across all of our site years and on both weed species on waterhemp and palmer. Uh, if we kind of delve into the treatments themselves, so the pre-plant incorporated treatments that worked were basically uh, Eptam tank mixed with one of our what we call our yellow herbicides. It's so like Eptam Sonlan, Eptam Treflan, they really stood out amongst the best treatments. And, and then the other one that we looked at that was very good as well was uh, Spartan Charge, which is a premix of, of Spartan and Dual. And so those uh, products applied pre-plant incorporated were the best within that trial.
1: Communicating where food and nutrition comes from is important even on a legislative le- level according to american farm bureau chief economist roger Cryon, keeping nutrition attached to the farm bill helps to do that
8: well for one thing there's an awful lot of members of congress who don't necessarily see the connection between food and uh, farming time together in the in a uh, legislation does two things it brings the theme together so they understand a little better it brings them into the conversation about farming a little more uh, It helps give us opportunities for education, but it also uh, makes it easier for them to get on board on something that they otherwise may not think affects their constituents. If somebody's in an urban or suburban district, they may assume that a, a law about farming isn't relevant to them. It is, of course, one way or the other, but when you tie it together with the nutrition programs, it makes it a lot easier for them to see that.
1: And is keeping nutrition tied to the farm bill increases the likelihood that we have a farm bill passed in this session.
8: Tying the two together, of course, increases the odds of getting it done. Uh, it's It's been that way for decades. And we're very hopeful of, of getting a, buy, a good bipartisan farm bill done this year because we've got leaders uh, in the House and Senate Ag Committees who are committed, who, who, who believe uh, in the mission, who want to work on a bipartisan manner. Uh, agriculture is one of the last really bipartisan policy areas on the Hill. And uh, if they can't get... Uh, uh, farm bill done. I don't know what they can get done this year.
2: North Harvest Bean Growers Association President Eric Samuelson is worried a dry spring could start the crop off on a bad foot.
9: Well, weather's always a challenge. You know, Around Crookston, we were extremely dry last summer. Had a phenomenal crop for a little bit of moisture. We did receive, so a little bit of leery going into the spring. You know, Moisture is always a concern. Seems like our weather patterns have changed a little bit. We get the extremes. So everybody's a little bit you know, always on edge about that. The market is, you know, stable, but yet there is still a lot of carryover stocks maybe on the market that we need to alleviate, which, again, food aid, school lunch programs, that helps take some of that production off the market and move some some more production into the pipeline.
2: Samuel says the market price for dry beans is steady, but expenses are tightening margins.
9: Well, our, our acres maybe have been stable to maybe a little bit reduced because of just just the challenges with other commodities so I mean again you need to stabilize some of that production and some of the you know end use so that we can that we can stabilize that market. The price is good again you know I think it's a you know with above average production there there's interest in growing dry beans but it still has to be economical for the farmers to do that.
3: USDA Undersecretary of Trade and Foreign Agriculture Services Alexis Taylor and Agriculture Trade Ambassador Doug McCallop are in Mexico today to discuss trade and biotechnology. Mexico has proposed a ban on biotech corn imports by 2024, a move the Biden administration does not support. You're listening to Agriculture's Business here on the Red River Farm Network.
2: Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. NDSU Saddle and Sirloin's Little International is coming up on February 11th. Serving as princesses for this year's Little Eye includes Josie Salsa of Watertown, South Dakota, and Kristen Schaff of Glen Olin, North Dakota. Little Eye Queen, Kylie Hildre of Velva, North Dakota, says Saddle and Sirloin has been around for over 100 years. So the Saddle and Sirloin Club is organized um, in 1918 under the direction of Jade Shepherd um, through the efforts of the livestock team that represented NDSU at the Livestock Judging Contest in Chicago. New to the show this year are goats. Hildry says Little Eye offers more than livestock showmanship. The show features all the showmanship classes, beef, dairy, sheep, swine and then this year we're actually adding goats which we are super super excited about um, and then Two other contests with it um, include ham curing and public speaking. We spend a whole year prepping for this as soon as the school year starts. We are rocking and rolling with all the planning and we have many different committees to break up all the work. Every year we also honor an agriculturist of the year. The agriculturist of the year is Dean and Paula Swenson and they are originally from Walcott, North Dakota.
3: USDA's weekly export inspections report for the week ending January 19th shows corn inspections of 728,000 metric tons. That's 6% less than the previous week and 38% less than last year. Soybean inspections of 1.8 million metric tons are 17% less than the previous week, but 30% more than the same week a year ago. Wheat inspections of 334,000 tons are 3% more than the previous week but 20% less than the same week last year. For the marketing year, corn inspections are 30% less than a year ago. Soybean inspections 3% less than a year ago and wheat inspections 4% less.
1: March wheat Minneapolis down 25 and a quarter cents right now 887 and a half. March Chicago wheat down 22 and three quarters. Kansas City March wheat's down 30 and a half. March corn down 9 and three quarters, 6.66 and a half. December corn's down 10. March soybeans down 18 and a quarter at 14.88. July soybeans down 14 and three quarter at 14.78. In Winnipeg, March canola down $8.20 a metric ton, 804.90 Canadian. February live cattle up 80 cents. January feeders 15 higher. This is the Red River Farm Network.